Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever it is. Are you happy now, Gar? I am. You have now encompassed all times of the day. Whatever time of the day it is, wherever you are, you are most welcome to a brand new episode of The Weekend Show. Because you could, you could add a nice like six hour chunk of the day between noon and six, six in the day. If anyone listened during the show then, to the show then, they're just not being included, Ken. You're being ex- exclusive. Exclusionary? No, just exclusive. Words. Unless I'm hallucinating and we're in a collective delusion, I am joined, as always, by my record-breaking co-host, Garrett. Am I a delusion, Ken? How am I record-breaking? I don't know. Why? What's that even a reference to? Because we're talking about, like, box office stuff. But nothing broke records this year. Well, something's broke, like, minor records. Like, ooh, it was the best June weekend launch. They're not real records. I don't know. I, I kind of kind of buried my lead there because I'm going to have to talk about what's coming up on the show and, like, literally... A second. Yeah. Let's do it. How about you get to that then? I will. Coming up on the show this week, we rank the most interesting stories of the week in Who News Best. We'll look inwards and reveal our innermost thoughts and feelings in getting to know Ken and Gar. I'm here too. Two. <laughs> and if you haven't run a mile after that, in our main segment, we will review the summer blockbuster season. Lots of fun stuff in store, but before we get this show on the road... Gar, how was your week? I walked all the way out here, Ken. You did? From work. It was like an hour, 45 minutes. How much Pokemon Go did you play? Well, the servers were down a little, so not too much. Plus, I want to save some for my walk home. Gar, the first thing I opened the door and and you said, I got a magnet on. Yeah, uh, I had my phone because, because Nicole answered the door. And I was just like, I got a magnet on. I didn't have a magnet on. I got one the organic way by evolving my Magnemite. You see, I literally evolved my... I had a Magnemite. I had like 44 candies. Right. And outside of your house was a Magneton and a Magnemite, which gave me another six candies. So I actually released the Magnemite I ended up catching to evolve the other one to get a better Magneton. Here's a question, Gar. Yeah. Do you get more satisfaction out of catching evolved Pokemon or evolving them? I, evolving generally. Yeah. I put the work in. You know, exactly. walk around the city, catching all those Pidgeys so you can finally get a Pidgeot. I think it's because we've kept playing the Nintendo games over the years. That's that's the way we're bred as Pokemon fans. We like the delayed gratification. You don't just come across a vile plume in the wild. That's not a thing that generally happens in Pokemon games. You have to catch a gloom and you evolve your gloom. In a long and painful process. Yeah, there is pretty much never third evolution Pokemon found in the wild. Maybe every so often in like the very late game, but like you'd never catch a wild Golem, for example. I was in a shopping center recently and I came across a Pidgeot. Oh. And I'd been working really hard to evolve my Pidgeotto into a Pidgeot. Yeah. And uh, I didn't catch the Pidgeot, but a part of me was glad because I wanted to do it the hard way. The worst thing is like literally what happened to me earlier, where like I got the Magneton like literally seconds before I would have gotten it anyway, or I would have finally evolved it. It was like, oh, well, I caught it. Well, I ended up releasing the one I caught because the one I evolved was better. It's like trading stocks and bonds, except with Pokemon. Yeah, and you crush them up into candies to feed them to your other Pokemon. It's it's basically cannibalism. Trading up. Uh, Pokemon. Anything else standing out in your week, Gar? I listened to Reply All on the way home. Reply All gets a lot of free advertising from this show. Uh, they kind of deserve it. They're a very good show. They are a very good show. Listen to us. Talk about us. Would you want them to talk about us? Oh, it's a kind of a mutually beneficial thing. Yeah. It's like, we brought you up plenty of times. You never bring us up, do you? Like a podcast circle jerk as such. Yeah. You team PJ or team Alex? PJ. Of course it's PJ. Yeah. His laugh brings like light to my heart. <laughs> and he's objectively gorgeous. 
He is. Yeah. Good looking man. But yeah, they they were uh, to pivot. They were talking about people who had um, more or less imaginary friends come to life. Like I don't I don't even know how to describe what they were what were they called again? Uh oh god. I I just listened to this like last night. Yeah. I listened to it on the way over here. I can't remember. Tolkens or Talks. Tonks. Uh, Tinks. Tolpas. Tolpas, yes. Got it. They have tolpas, which are Basically, they had a person in their imagination, either yeah. for one reason or another, and that person has kind of come to life for them. So basically what they do is over a period of months, they imagine this person, what would they be like, how they talk, how they'd react to certain certain situations, what their personality is like, and they basically will them into existence. Yeah, and then they manifest themselves inside that person's brain. Yeah, and the person who controls these talpas is called a talpamancer. Yes, it's very talkin Very, very sci-fi kind of fantasy slash made up um and it's kind of endemic by the fact that the people who tend to do this kind of stuff are kind of nerdy outcast types yeah lonely looking for a friend yeah it was it was a weird and fascinating listen though isn't it yeah it's one of those subcultures kind of like furries or you're like i'll never really understand it well furries is more of a, a preference this seems to be more something deeper happening mentally but that's the question. Is it a preference? Are they choosing this? Well, I, Is I it mental illness? I, yeah, well, I don't think furries is a mental illness. No, I'm talking about the other one. Oh, the other one, I think it is, yes. Yeah. I, I would say nearly certainly it is. Yeah. In any instance where you create imaginary friends and talk to them and have them inhabit your own being and have their own interests and hobbies, I don't think that's healthy. Yeah. Like, to each other, I, I don't want to, I hate sounding insensitive about it. Anything that gets people through life. But, yeah. but they talked about this process as well, where people were actually like letting the talpa inha- inhabit their body and yeah. speak for them. And they'd have like multiple talpas, like one person would have four talpas and yeah. they'd share like FaceTime. Is is that a way to put it? Like yeah. they would control the body independently. Like one guy, his talpa had hobbies that the other guy didn't have. Yeah. And then the whole question was raised about what if talpas fell in love? Is that cheating? Yeah. It's just like. Because, yeah, it revolved around a particular woman who was married to a man. Well, she knew him for nine years and never told him about her talpas. And once she did, their marriage kind of broke down because he's like, what is this? <laughs> Which you can kind of, it, it's really sad, but you can also understand his perspective because it's like, how do you, how do you get your head around that? I got the impression that he felt betrayed by the whole thing. Yeah. that Like, yeah, as if he was, uh, he kind of said it in his own letter, you know, he married her, not the four of them. Yeah. And he feels like. You know, all this could be opening up things like open marriages and cheating and... Buying Christmas presents for the Talpas. Yeah. It's weird. It's strange. Like, like, we don't understand the mind. Yeah. We kind of understand the mind, but the mind does weird and fascinating things. And, like, in theory, these Talpas are doing nothing wrong with these people, you know? These people are living their lives. The Talpas are part of them. They, quote, or control the Talpas, more or less. But what happens when the talpas start controlling them yeah there was a question raised over the fact that the talpa could lead them down a, a dangerous path and ask them to do things that are you know immoral or wrong or illegal and there's the, there's the inherent question of whether the talpa is just an extension of that person's personality you know it's not yeah. a different person it's just a different part of that person manifested itself in a different way yeah used as kind of a coping mechanism or to do something that you wouldn't normally do or yeah to have the confidence to be who you want to be. Like we're all different people to different people. 
like I'm a different person now on this podcast than I would be at work, than I would be if I were buying something in a shop, than I would be if I were talking to a random stranger. Good point. You're a different person in a variety of different scenarios. So maybe it's just a manifestation of that taken to a strange extreme. It's true. We all wear masks. Yeah. And we put on the different masks for the different scenarios, as you said. And like that's outward and that's overt in the real world. Yeah. So these people just try to harness it and use it to help them, I guess. Maybe they can't really get their head around that kind of internally. So that's their way of doing it. Kind of leads me back to when Matt Smith regenerated from... Uh, Everything leads you back to Doctor Who, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Yeah. He says drinking his apple juice out of his freaking Dalek glass. No, I, I didn't give you the other one. I also have a Cyberman glass. It says delete on it. I would have just started shouting delete. Yes, you would have. And that's why we didn't give it to you. Aww. But when he regenerated from himself to Capaldi in his final episode, he said something along the lines of that were different people throughout her life. So like he said, he's saying that not just Time Lords regenerate, we all regenerate just so he, slowly. He, he was basically quoting me right there. Yeah. So did he did he go back in time or forward in time? He stole it. Doctor Who listens to our podcast. He does. The Doctor again. Doctor Who's not a person. God, what kind of Doctor Who fan are you? I, I've shattered your heart right now, haven't I? A little tear, a little tear started coming out. <laughs> I've like broken your entire identity. You know, you have multiple talpas. Too many talpas. I have 11 talpas. So is the doctor just one person with all of these talpas? Whoa. Yeah. But this is not Doctor Who, Gar. And this is not Reply All. No. This is the weekend show. It's fascinating, though. Listen to that episode. It's, it's really, really interesting. Are you ready to go? Uh, no. No? No. You just want to quit here? Yeah, we're done. Okay. <laughs> this is the weekend show my name's ken kidney he's garrett kidney roll the titles it's the weekend show with ken kidney You're listening to The Weekend Show. We start this week, as we start every week, with a little segment we like to call... Who News Best? If you haven't heard the show before, we will simply present five headlines and offer our... our <coughs> See? We're back to our again, aren't we, Ken? I just can't say our. It's just not a word that comes out of your mouth without breaking you. It's just, it's just my Everest. Yeah. Let me try again. If you haven't heard the show before, we will simply present five headlines and offer our spontaneous opinion before ranking them in order to decide who news best. Gar, would you do me the honor of revealing the first story to hit the TWS news desk this week? Ryan Lochte is a moron. Enough said. That's basically it. Yeah. Have you ever seen an interview with him? Yes. He seems like an utterly dense human being. As in like, they say goldfish have a three second memory. He probably is part goldfish. That's why he's such a good swimmer. He's like a goldfish brought to life. Yes. So he's a buffoon, but he's very good at swimming. He is very good at swimming. But not good enough at swimming. Do you know when I watched him at the Olympics? Do you know he had that bleach blonde hair? It, it was awful. Very dumb. Yeah. It actually, I actually thought he'd gone grey. So did I. Yeah. Probably deserved it too. Indeed. If you didn't see this, he pissed on the side of a gas station, trashed the place and then pretended they stuck him at gunpoint. That's basically the story, isn't it? So the story was that they wanted to go to the bathroom, but the place was closed. Yeah. Because they've been out on the piss literally for the night. Yep. And they decided to kick the door open, damaging it. Mm -hmm. And then the person who owned the place was like, you're going to have to pay for that. And then a security guard came who had a gun. And then there was a, a dubiousness over whether he took out the gun or not. Apparently he did not. And the, Ryan Lochte 
apparently paid for the damage and his story afterward was that they were robbed at gunpoint why not just let this thing go yeah you know it's like oh well i trashed the place i kicked the door and i I think he kind of peed all over the place yeah and it's just like all right i paid them off yeah then when you learn (laughs) exactly he turned this into a really big thing like like disgraced himself disgraced the, the country speedo dropped him as a sponsor i think ralph lauren dropped him as well yep so he's literally lost not only did he lose the money to pay for the gas station, he's lost millions of dollars. Yep, just for being a dumbass. So, Lochte, we salute you in your dumbassness. He's, he's, a, he's a, a dumb human being. The worst thing is, though, like, Brazil has a very bad reputation for crime. It does. Probably mostly justified. So it's a bit of low-hanging fruit, isn't it? Yeah, it's really picking on, like, poor Brazil and their reputation. It's like, their reputation is bad enough without you falsifying this crap exactly it's playing to the worst of worst of brazil at a time when they're trying to showcase their best of the world just because you went out in the piss and you couldn't get into a bathroom on the bright side though if you've ever wanted an olympic gold medal they'll probably be going cheap on ebay in a few months well he didn't win any did he's he won, win any he's won some before did he win any this year he's probably part of one of those relays they always win one yeah it's like the jamaicans win the relay by default i yeah. always like watching the the olympic relay in the running the the four by 100 meter yeah because it's always close you know until it gets to the usain bolt bit at the end <laughs> it's always like oh everyone's neck and neck and then bolt is like boom and, and sometimes bolt almost looks like he's in trouble but he almost does that just for for kicks yeah he's like oh wait actually no i wasn't going full speed like this is one of the news stories but one of my favorite photos of the entire olympics was this the semi-final of the 100 meters when he had time to stop and smile at the camera taking the picture as he was about to cross the finish line. <laughs> do you think he'll do 2020? He'll be pretty old by that point. He'll be 35, I think. I think he'll do the relay. Ah, uh, yeah. Just to get another one. He's on 19. Is he on 19? I think so. Oh, no, he's on 9. 9, yeah. He's on 9. 10's yep. a nice round number, Ken. It's nice <laughs> and even. He's done the treble treble, hasn't he? Yep. But yeah, Ryan Lochte's an idiot. And even, even as his story was totally like blowing up and falling apart, he stuck to it yeah it's like oh dude no don't double down and then he had to do like the most humiliating like rollback in the history of rollbacks when he was just like yeah i did it sass yeah and like uh john oliver raised a good point his statement is like in no circumstances that get, did that come out of his brain <laughs> nothing comes out of his brain it's like that's too eloquent and humble so what comes out of his brain is just like Ooh. whale noises can that's what comes out of his brain Whales are more intelligent than him. I'm discrediting whales. Seriously, watch a Ryan Lochte interview. He's not a smart man. Fantastic whale impression, Gar. Thank you. I was rendered speechless by that. That's why I had no hot takes in the moment. Dory would have been proud of me. He would have. She. She. Excuse me. Finding Dory. Jeez. It's not Marilyn, Ken. Or Nemo. Those are guys. Is Nemo a boy or a girl? Nemo's a boy? Yeah. It could go either way. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's a, he's a boy. Marilyn's like, where's my son? Nemo can be whatever he wants to be. Sure he can, but he's a boy. Okay, taking us to story number two, which is completely unrelated, so no segue there. Burkini ban divides the globe. So have you heard of the burkini, Gar? No. What is it different from a burka? It's basically a burka, but it's swimwear. So it's like a mixture between a burka and a wetsuit. How does that work? Is it basically just like a regular wetsuit with a headscarf? Pretty much like a head thing, yeah. Okay. Why would anyone ban it? Because they think it's dangerous and terrorism and such. And dangerous from the perspective that it could restrict your breathing while you're swimming or dangerous from the perspective of all Muslims are terrorists. They should be locked up by default. Which one do you think? Likely the latter, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. Okay. So 
there's a big story during the week when a story went viral of police surrounding a Muslim woman and forcing her to remove her burkini in Nice. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, there was two sides to it. Obviously, it's religious persecution and, you know, it's targeting a woman and humiliating her. Also, she's just a woman. Yes. I, I, never, I never liked that. Yeah. You know, we identify her purity by her religion. Exactly. It's a Muslim woman. It's a woman. She's yeah. a Muslim, but she's a woman. The burkini ban has been overturned by France's highest court, I assume, in their high court or Supreme Court. I don't even know. I don't know. Do we, we, do we have a Supreme Court? Probably. We're kind of a small country. Do we need one? I know we have a high court. Is that the highest the courts go? Shows what I know about our civics justice system and all that. It just shows that you're a good boy and you've never been in trouble. I have never been there. Thankfully. I've never been to a court. Mayors from at least three of the 30 seaside towns that banned the burkini have pledged to uphold the ban despite the legal ruling. I don't know. They just think it's... I think France has become a bit of a... one, a bit of a, a haven for paranoia and... S- scaremongering well the french have always been very very strict about their separation of church and state yeah for as example in, like you can't have crosses in schools and the burqa is banned in schools as well there. i believe it is yeah they're very keen on their schools being secular but that's not schools this is just someone out in public trying to have a swim yeah stop stop oppressing people it's basically a frumpy wetsuit with a headpiece that's all it is yeah let people work away i hate when it's like shut up leave these people alone let them live their lives you're more than likely just going to ostracize them and, and, and foster even more hatred. Great job, guys. You did the exact opposite of what you set out to do. Brilliant. You done? No, I've never done, but we'll move on. <laughs> we'll do it. Uh, you can do a, a podcast a day or whatever that is. It's the greatest podcast in the history of man. It has on, like 123 episodes. On the Burkini and religious persecution, if you like. Sure. About how we should. It's the greatest podcast never listened to. It, sometimes it's never listened to. That's a fact, yes. Very good. Moving on to story number three. You can't get me if I self-deprecate. Move on. Uh, Pokemon Go. I'm still playing it. I don't care who isn't. Is the Pokemon Go peak over again? Of course it is. It, okay. was, it was always going to be like a, a big explosion in the first like month and then settle down into its kind of regular core users. The game lost 10 million users this month alone. Well, define lost. As in people deleted their accounts, I suppose. I don't think anybody deleted their accounts. Or maybe they just logged out for a certain length of time. I, I'd have to guess that is people who download the app who have not opened it over a certain period of time. Yeah. Which is entirely to be expected with any app, especially one that achieves that much popularity in that short a period of time. You're going to have the people who are like, ooh, what's this Pokemon's thing? I'm going to play it for like two days and then get bored and never touch it again. It's like 90% of mobile apps. It's like the way most apps, how many apps have you downloaded? It's like, this is fun. This is neat. And then you never touch it again. Until you delete it when you realize that it's still on your phone. Yeah, when you, you run into memory issues and you're like, well, I don't even remember when I downloaded that. Delete, uh, delete, delete. You just had to get in, in there, didn't I'm you? Getting deletes in everywhere, Ken. I'll delete you. So do you think it's been hit by the negative media? It's like it continues to swirl out there. Like there's still those like op-ed pieces and kind of serious stories about people getting hurt or robbed or, or killed doing Pokemon Go. Apparently in Japan recently, there was a guy who hit a dude and the unfortunate gentleman died and he admitted to playing Pokemon Go at the wheel. Well, Ken, if you go above a certain speed, Pokemon Go asks you, are you driving? You should not be playing this game. And you can hit a button that says, no, I'm a passenger. But nonetheless, the game says, if you're driving, you shouldn't be playing the game. I find, I always find that interesting when you bring those kind of things to market, those kind of real world apps and things like that. And then they have to kind of install that stuff afterwards. Yeah. As in like, maybe if you thought about it long enough, you would have kind of, kind of thought to include that. But only when this stuff kind of pops up once you've released it, then you have to kind of react to it and just like 
they're not responsible for what people do. Yeah. If you start painting like uh, a portrait of somebody while you're driving, is the people that make the easel responsible for what you're doing? No, they're not. <laughs> that's an obscure analogy, but that's I get your point. Yes, my point is that the people who make something are necessarily responsible for what people do with the thing they make and where they do it. So, listener to the podcast, Rob Reed, he cut his leg playing Pokemon Go the other night, and so, you know, it's very dangerous. He cut his leg? Yeah. Has it been amputated? I assume not. I hope not. Ken hopes poor Rob is now legless. Rob, if you're listening, let us know if you've still got two legs on Twitter, at TWSKK. Yeah, poor, poor Rob will be without legs. We shall hold a vigil for him. You can enter the Paralympics in 2020. That's the silver lining. Shall we pivot to the Paralympics story just because that's a good enough segue? Genius. Yeah. Go ahead, Karen. Uh, Vogue Brazil are under fire for photoshopping able-bodied models to look like Paralympians. What was the need for this? I have no idea. I didn't hear about this until you put it in the script. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Why? Is the idea like to show, oh, we, we feel their pain or something? That's the slogan that they've been trying to hammer down is the we are all Paralympians. And then why, aren't, why wait wait why isn't it all we are olympians yeah you know why it's condescending nonsense i was thinking recently i think that the the olympics and the paralympics should run at the same time uh, but then no one will pay attention to the paralympics though i guess so but i just think that it should be a category of the olympics just because they're all the same oh like say there's like 100 meters men's 100 meters women's and then 100 meters paralympians yeah that makes sense it's not a bad idea. I'm a genius. It's probably cheaper because they've run out of money for the Paralympics if you've seen yeah, that. Apparently there's a 20 million shortfall. They've sold 12% of the Paralympics tickets and then again that would probably solve one of your other problems. If you bundle the, the two events together you'd basically be selling the Paralympics and the Olympics together so yes. you wouldn't really have empty stadiums for the Paralympics. Yeah. You've solved this problem, Ken. Yes, they Even were. though I dismissed it out of hand I have now come around to your side based on me arguing it for you. Actors Cleo Perez and Paulo... Belhena? Paolo, I would have said. Paolo. Not Paolo. <laughs> Paolo. Oh, I don't know. Names. Paolo words. Lala Pocket. They started in the campaign to promote the upcoming Paralympics games in Rio. I have Rio written in the script. You do. I was going to point that out, but I'm upset that you now pointed it out, so I can't point it out and mock you for it. See, I did that thing that you did, Gar. If I vilify myself, then you can't <laughs> get me. That's true. But obviously, it's been widely panned as like a totally insensitive move. Yeah. Like the the actors kind of kind of lashed out saying like we were just trying to raise awareness and promote the Olympics. You know what actually would have made this legitimate, like media. What actual amputations? Yeah. If he actually cut his arm off, I'm like, okay, fair play. Commitment. You've committed to this this show of unity. Then it's not like you had to cut off in Photoshop. Like you're freaking somebody in The Walking Dead, eaten by zombies. Perez's right arm was amputated in the editing suite to replicate tennis player Bruna Alexandra, while Vilhena has a prosthetic right leg to replicate that of volleyball player Renato Leita. And I like that that raises like a very immediate question to me. Why not just have them in the campaign? That's that's an equally like, yeah, why are you casting people to play Paralympians when you could just have Paralympian models? And then you could That's have, another point. You, you could have the actors in there to kind of say, hey, we we support this. We're, we stand together united as one. And not even actors. You should just have Paralympians and Olympians. And they're all Olympians standing next to each other. Because they're all Olympians, goddammit. And like, we're sitting here talking in a room. Coming to a, uh, a much better, a much more media-friendly conclusion. I'm assuming that there's people that went to a room and talked about this and went, Yeah, this is a good idea. How does, how does this stuff come out? The people in Vogue Brazil that are just like, 
let's not think this through, let's just do it. Or, to be more cynical about it again, maybe they did think it through and they knew people like us would talk about it on their podcast who would otherwise never talked about Vogue Brazil. Interesting there. Yeah. Vogue Brazil's art director Clayton Canero said Cleo Perez was behind the campaign. The actress decided... Uh, actor. No, actress. Cleo's the actress. Yes, Karen. Don't... Garrett, were you listening at the start? But you, you have actors in the script, so... That's because I'm not sexist. We're all actors. But that's true. Actor actor isn't a gendered word. Why do we have the word actress? Exactly. It's dumb. But uh, Cleo was the brains behind that. I like how the, the Vogue director is like, shoot at it. Under the bus you go, Cleo. <laughs> Cleo's quote is saying, we knew it would be a punch in the gut. We were there for a good cause. After all, almost no one bought tickets to see the Paralympic Games. That's like, well, they're shit anyway, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> that's just like another punch in the Paralympic gut there. And he went on to say... So not, not only did he throw the actor under the bus, it's just like, ah, oh, the Paralympians are shit anyway. No one, won, no one hadn't cared about them. So if we didn't lend our name to this, then you wouldn't want to watch them anyway. Uh, they went on to say, I feel honoured to represent Bruna in this campaign, endorsed by the Paralympic Committee and Brazilian Paralympic athletes. We lent our image to generate visibility, and that's why we were doing it. My God. And then like, leave me alone. Stop pointing out how insensitive and dumb our campaign is. Fellow celebrities from Brazil aren't exactly rallying behind the pair with Brazilian singer Estevan Tavares, I'm assuming is a famous Brazilian singer. I, I assume. Saying that's not a campaign, it's an insult. It is. That's not the only Olympic controversy to come out this weekend. It isn't. Poor Pat Hickey has been locked up in jail. <laughs> Along with some other OCI officials. I know, as he said OCI instead of um, um, the other one. IOC? IOC, yes. IOC is the international. Yeah, that, OCI is the Irish. Yeah, because people keep mixing them up. People keep saying, and I know Patiki was actually on the IOC. He was like a board member. Yeah. But he was the head of the OCI. He was the head of the Olympic Council of Ireland while a, a member of the the other one. IOC. IOC. See, I can't even remember the initial. You just have to mix them around. What's so hard about that? Committee. Yeah. Well, so you, you, you move the O to the start and then move the C to the middle and the o to the end. You're doing a lot of jumbling. Ken. Apparently, this goes back to London as well. Yeah, for Pat Hickey, this has been going back 30 years. <laughs> you don't suddenly become corrupt in your 70s, you know? Yeah. It's not a thing that suddenly happens. When you've been in this organization for 30 years, allegedly. Um, I'm throwing out the allegedly so he doesn't sue us. <laughs> but you don't become corrupt overnight. For those who haven't seen the story, do you want to explain, Gar? Uh, Pat Hickey is the head of the Olympic Council of Ireland and he has been selling tickets basically to the highest bidder. Yeah. That's basically been it. He's basically been a ticket tout. Yeah. And he took tickets that were supposed to be allocated to families and yep. he's tried to sell those too. Yep. You know, families of the athletes who came all the way to Rio to see their children, you know, in their moment of glory. Yeah. And then he was just arrested out of nowhere by the Brazilian government. Yeah. This And they shaved his head and everything and they put him in like a pretty Oh bad, yeah, he's, he's probably just like, you're a criminal. They put him in proper slum prison. In fairness, he is not guilty. Yeah. He, he has not been given a fair trial. Yeah. We, we shall not presume guilt before a fair trial, but he was arrested in Brazil and shaved his head. Yeah, this has allegedly been going on since London. And London made sense because the tickets were sold out months in advance. People were like clambering to get them. You could have made a pretty healthy profit off them. Yeah. Because, you know, we're the Olympics in London were, were in a region where, you know, in, in that section of Europe, the people traveling were kind of affluent middle class people. Who, and London's a rich city. Yeah, who could afford tickets to the games. And like, but that strategy was not going to work in Rio because the majority of the country is poor. Yeah, and they only sold about 60% of the tickets available. It's, it's just ridiculous because I, I was watching the early, you know, events and I was like, well, they're not the finals, we're just in the heats or the you know, the quarterfinals or the semifinals, whatever the event was. 
because the stadiums were half empty and I was like surely by the time we get to the medal matches or the medal finals it will get better but no I was watching the Olympic tennis final which is one of the bigger events and it it was uh, Del Poitro and Andy Murray who won he, Andy Murray won to defend his Olympic gold medal from London. I didn't London. even hear about that. How did I not hear about that? No, no one else did because the stadium was literally less than half full. Yeah. So he was never going to sell those tickets anyway. Allegedly, sorry. Allegedly. And he's, he's 71. Yeah. Like, why? He surely made more than enough money, both in his job and in his extracurricular activities, read that as you will. Um, yeah. By the time he gets to 71, why? Especially because... 30 years is a long time to be head of any council. Yeah. I believe that it should be like a president. You should have two terms max of like, say, four well, years. Then, then you do a bladder and you just change the rules. Yeah, but... FIFA had a presidency term as well. Like, bladder just got rid of it. <laughs> should a representative body be your career and your job for 30 years? Should that be allowed? If you're good at it, why not? Well, maybe he was good at his job. I don't, I don't really know. When does it happen, you think? Do you think people go in like that or they, co- they go in with ideals and they're just corrupted by all the glamour? It's like, obviously, it's, it's not a glamorous job because, you know, your moment to shine only comes around every four years. But, do you know, the perks probably work quite good. Yeah, it's a good job. He's probably well paid. You know, gets to meet with some pretty famous people. and He was held in pretty high regard within that industry. Exactly, because he was on the, the actual IOC committee as well. Yeah. So... That's a shame for him. Um, we'll see how it unfolds. We might give you an update. Yeah, if he's not guilty. Yeah. Will they extradite him or send him here to serve his sentence? There we go. Got there in the end. Yeah, he's been trying to push for extradition to be sent home, but yeah. um, apparently the Brazilians are, aren't having it at the moment. Well, I assume they will give him his trial over there first. Yes. And his family are, are not best pleased in giving out about his conditions and the way the media has been treating him and all that. And they're concerned that his health will deteriorate. And our own father is very pleased about the man's demise. <laughs> uh, very much so. I didn't like seeing people, th- you know, theorizing and, and commenting that it overshadowed the accomplishments of the athletes. And like, granted, we only won two silver medals. We had a lot of other athletes who competed at a very high level, got very far, you know, got very close to medals. So, and you know, Paul O'Donovan won gold in the Rowing World Championships this morning. Yeah, on his own. Uh, yeah. He won silver with his brother in Suck Rio. It, Gary. You're out. <laughs> You're out, Gary. You're not famous anymore. But the point is that I, 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 th- I, I, for one, keep them separate. I think that the accomplishment of the athletes has nothing to do with what, what this one man did. Yeah, people were saying, like, allegedly. Oh, sorry. Oh, the, oh, the scandal. <laughs> you have to throw in the allegedly so we don't get sued. People were like, oh, the scandal overshadowed the Olympics. Oh, it's like, oh, it's sullied everything. It's like, I don't care about any of that. No, like I literally, I don't really care. <laughs> I enjoyed the, the Olympics for what it was, and I enjoyed the spirit of the games as I always do. And that was just a, a thing that happened. I clearly don't care about corruption because I'm just like, I, 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 I can't muster it in me to like honestly, legitimately care about this. You know, yeah. on like a level of practical outrage. Yeah, you can't, you can't muster up the the moral high ground. Yeah, I'm just like, I, I just don't care. It's sport. It's not important. <laughs> Like the, the athletes and all that is, is a great job for them and that's important to them. But like in the grand scheme of things, it's selling tickets to sports and it's corruption. And it's like this country's built on corruption. Our, our political system incentivizes it. But still, yes. I, I just don't care. I can't muster it. And maybe that's my, my apathetic millennial side coming out. But millennials are more socially and politically active generally. So maybe that's not the case either. But for me, like, it's just like as long as I'm OK and like, I'm, not, I'm not being selfish, but like you can't fight every battle like. I can't directly control that. So, like, while I can sympathize with the people who are shafted by it, there's not much I can do to control it. No. Other than, 
I just, I, I, like, I literally, I just can't. I cannot muster it in me to get angry about it. <laughs> me publicly condemning it will do nothing for anyone but get me social media likes. That's basically it. Yeah. So I just decided those, those, to keep quiet on it. Those Facebook likes are, are your lifeblood, aren't they, Ken? They're my reason for being. Hey, I've, I've had good Twitter numbers this year. I'm pretty sure I've doubled my follower number in the year to date. Have you looked at your tweet sheets like that? The, you can check the Twitter analytics. Yeah, I see how many. Tweet uh, sheets. How many? Yeah. In part, Say it's, it. It's not a thing. Say it. No. Damn it. I'm not saying it. It's not a thing. Okay. Would you like to rank the stories, Gareth? They're quite sad stories this week. I don't know how we're going to rank them. Yeah, but you, were, you were quite miserable when you picked out these stories. Well, I asked for your input and you didn't answer I me. didn't respond. I was at work, Ken. I was working very hard. You tweet at work. Sometimes. Only when I'm not doing things. Okay, just because of the pure shame of it, I'm going to put the burkini story last. It doesn't yeah. deserve coverage. It doesn't deserve to be honoured in, in, in such a way. That is the worst of the worst. Followed by, like, the Paralympians, which is equally the worst of the worst. Can we put them joint last? Joint last, okay. Joint last. Um, God, you picked a bunch of bad stories. <laughs> They're Sorry. all bad, Ken. <laughs> They're all bad. They're all doom and gloom. Sorry. It's like, Pokemon? Is, is that the best? I don't know. Lochte, does he deserve to be on top for his, his sheer idiocy? For is that a word? Dumb and ignorant. Pokemon wins. Yeah, okay. Pokemon wins. The rest are joint lasts. There we go. In a weekend show first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put more happy stories in next time, Ken. Take us home, Gar. We're all news out for this week. Do you agree with our rankings? Well, our kind of rankings. <laughs> Make your voice heard on Twitter at TWSKK or on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. We'll be right back with an intimate look at your humble hosts, so stay with us. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com slash TWSKK or find us on iTunes. You are very welcome back to the Weekend Show. If you are a devoted longtime listener of the show, you may remember that nearly a year ago now, we debuted a segment where my dear brother and I open up and answer some famous questionnaires as truthfully as we can. Why? So you can climb inside our brains and learn perhaps a little more than you bargained for in a segment that we like to call Getting to Know Ken and Gar. I'm always an afterthought, aren't I, Ken? Well, you are the co-host. We'll reach a day where we'll solicit questions from our audience. Yeah. But I fear no one would answer if we threw out our requests. <laughs> exactly. However, this is a sequel, so this time we are calling it Getting to Know Ken. Hangar. I feel like your pauses are getting longer. Inside the TWS studio. If the name didn't tip you off, this time we subject ourselves to the Pivo questionnaire. Why? I thought it said pivot, Ken. It says pivot. Pivo. It's French. It's pivot. Pivo. Pivot. We're doing the Pivo questionnaire. The That's word the... says pivot, Ken. <laughs> We're doing the pivot slash Pivo questionnaire made famous by James Lipton on Inside the Actors Studio. Thank you. Some of the most famous actors of all time have taken this questionnaire and now us. Sequels are usually never as good as the original, but it's too late now, so let's get this over with. I mean, let's begin, shall we? We shall. Do you want to go first? I'll ask you first. Okay. Good. Are you ready? Yeah. The first question was actually, what is your favorite word? But I remember that we asked that the last time. Did we? What we was did. my answer? I can't remember. <laughs> so I've tweaked it slightly so people don't think they're listening to a repeat. Mm -hmm. So what is your favorite phrase or saying? Very simple, Ken. There is only one real phrase they're saying it could be. Delete! 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 I'm going to delete your response. I could delete you right now, Ken. Of course it's delete. You want to delete all, all the bad things in the world, Ken. It, it's, it's metaphorically symbolic 
of wanting to remove all of the imperfections in the world to have just a perfect, lovely, loving, caring, happy, beautiful world. There you go. See what I did there? I turned it into a real thing. Boo. Using my words. Boo. Don't you boo me. Boo. I'm so good at words. What's your favorite word? Saying, thing, phrase, phrase whatever. I like indubitably, by the way, if you want a real answer. It's a nice yeah. word. I like, a, I'm going to go for a phrase, Gareth, I've heard recently. It's got, it's tough times don't last. Tough people do. Are you tough? Not really. So it doesn't really face. apply to me. <laughs> punch you in the face and test it. I think it's just a nice, simple phrase just to kind of say like, look, times get hard. Times get tough. Mm-hmm. Obviously, since the phrase there said it. Yeah. But t- they don't last. You know, the, the, the silver lining or the sunny day always comes back around. And if you kind of weather the storm, you'll get through it. So it's, it's, it's a nice little way of reminding yourself. God, okay. you're so meaningful and wise, Ken. It's beautiful, isn't it? About your wisdom. You're going to start using that in your everyday life, aren't you? I've already forgotten it. Tough. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. Enough said. But that's spelled like apostrophe N-U-F-F. Okay, I think we should just end enough. the podcast now. This has been a train wreck. <laughs> this is always a train wreck, Ken. Okay. What is your least favorite word? Because we haven't actually asked that before. I know most people dislike moist. Yes. I'm going to try and pronounce moist as, as like upsettingly as possible. Go ahead. I'm going to create a lot of moisture in my mouth. Moist. <laughs> Ken is squirming in his seat. As we speak. Uh, I don't know. Groupthink. I just like the idea of groupthink. Yes. I dislike people who don't form their own opinions or who form their opinions entirely based on someone else's opinions. Form your own opinions. Um, yeah, we'll go groupthink. Mine is kind of a one that changes often so like my least favorite word will change depending on the time like i'll I'll hear a word like lit lit is not like i I don't understand how people can say a word like lit unironically and be like yeah i'm I'm being serious right now it's like this is lit it's like i i literally i cannot that can't come out of my mouth without me trying to undercut it in some way (laughs) what does it even mean uh like like good or or really cool or something i don't know i don't know on a similar note gar mine is bay at the moment bay yeah you're my bay ken don't you dare flip the table (laughs) podcast over (laughs) why what do you not like about bay do you think it's obnoxious it's just one of those list of obnoxious words like fleek as well fleek is up there yeah Uh, basically every trendy kid word that's made up and nonsense yeah you get the get off my lawn attitude over it <laughs> yeah it's just like my day words for words <laughs> yeah <laughs> that meant something okay here we go here's an interesting one what turns you on creatively spiritually or emotionally i'm emotionally devoid of any emotion so we'll, we'll slash that one out <laughs> i'm incapable of real human emotion um spiritually um i like stars okay that's a strange response to that question, but I like stars. Out of context, if we just played I like stars, it would just be like, what? <laughs> Especially the, 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 like, the, the happy grin on my face as I say, I like stars, but I like nature. Yes. You know, if you go outside, the, the, the smallest little wonder in the world is on, on, on a brisk day, just go outside and take a sharp and take a breath. That is, that is nature, Ken. That is nature hitting you in the face. That's wonderful. We don't appreciate it enough. And that's not enough of like an environmentalist tippy tippy way. It's just like the world is cool. I appreciate it. Cool. And so just going outside and looking at stars and seeing insects and trees and wind and rain and, and fun stuff like that. It's like, yeah. And that Good was job. the message of five five minutes of silence as well, Ken. Just in case you didn't get five it. Five minutes of I don't I've never heard of 
You've, you've listened to it all. You listened to all five minutes of silence. I wish I hadn't. I probably wish I hadn't made it. There we go. I'm going to go to creative root car and I'm going to say making people laugh. No. In a creative way. So like. So you don't do very much of that, do you? No, not not in recent years because my spirit has been that killed. That was supposed to be a bird. It's been killed <laughs> by working in an office and, you know, do you being not get, Do you not responsible. have the in your office? You do, but and you, you still do that. But like, you know, on a creative level, I haven't done that in a while. Do you like rule your office with an iron fist? Anybody laughs, you just slap them with a hammer. Fuck, you can laugh, you can work. There's an actual hammer in my office. A hammer? I don't know why it's there, but it's just on one of the desks. It's just like, don't you laugh. Do your work. No, I, I used to do sketches and stuff like that and animations. That, Harpoon Torpedo, if you want to look it up online. Yeah, that make people kind of laugh or smile or happy. So Harpoon is spelled with a U um now, so they didn't get sued. Yeah, basically. So anything that provokes a reaction, like a positive uh, a reaction that makes someone happy that I've done creatively, gives me a bit of a buzz, you know, because I've got feedback like people watched my animations or watched my sketches and they're like that's really funny and uh it made my day and you're like oh Aww. oh so yeah you see i, I you see i I'm, I'm too modest to take compliments but too vain not to seek them yes exactly i'm i'm in i'm in that weird middle spot where it's like everyone wants like affirmation and, and like people to say nice things about them but then when they do i'm like stop stop it stop it i'm uncomfortable uh, stop I, it i'd be exactly the same it's like you really want to hear it but then you almost vilify people for doing it you're just like yeah. oh, just, shut just, up just stop saying nice things about me okay i'm i'm, 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 I'm uncomfortable i'm garbage <laughs> yeah and like, like i'm i'm incapable of sincerity yes it's just not a thing i'm capable of i can't do it like i need i'll always need to undercut sincerity but i i i like idealize sincerity i think sincerity is one of the greatest things in the world because cynicism is an awful lot worse than sincerity so i'm a, a bundle of contradictions ken indeed the way you've described yourself so far is that akin to a robot basically there we go does not compute so what turns you off creatively spiritually or emotionally in this podcast uh, uh, I don't know, like tiredness, yeah. just in general, like I don't sleep as a general rule, <laughs> like okay. I, I've slept like four hours tonight and I'm like kind of dying at this stage. You mean last night? The same thing. You're, you're just devolving into nonsense. Yeah, there. I've always devolved. Actually, technically, I mean last or tonight because it'll be tomorrow night. I don't even know. I'm trying to justify that in my head and I couldn't even get it. I couldn't even make those pieces fit. <laughs> just take the hit, guy. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, there's there's just times where you just want to lie there and do nothing and let the world move by. <laughs> and you ponder the size and nature of the world and think, geez, there's seven billion people. Isn't that kind of weird? And toes. Yeah. Toes are like stubby fingers. Isn't that kind of weird? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, you just get in one of those moods where you're just lying there and that's the kind of stuff that goes through your head. And you're yeah. like look, looking at dust particles going over your head and wondering, I wonder what life is it like it? As a, de- a speck of dust. Are they alive? Are they alive? Who Do knows? they feel feelings? Maybe, Do they feel pain? Maybe we're a speck of dust. The idea that this whole universe is just a speck of dust floating through space. Car, you're making me really sad. Or we're a simulation. We're not real. I'm reading a book about that at the moment. Yeah, I've heard that theory as well. That this is just a giant simulation. And the book is about when you hack into the simulation and give yourself superpowers. Do they think that we're in the Matrix? Is that what they think? Basically. Oh, well, we are in the Matrix. Nothing, none of this is real, which is a very dangerous thought. This is all real. Please don't kill yourself, assuming none of this is real. I'm going to the Matrix. Yeah. That turns me off. Good question. I would say cynicism in a creative sense. Hmm. What I mean is, you know, everybody's a critic these days. I suppose we do the same thing yeah. on a weekly basis. But I try to kind of enjoy things for what they are. Like, you know, for example, 
you got like these animated films or you got these comedies and like objectively they're not pieces of art you know yeah not everything has to be but you know they make people happy they make people smile to get people an escape and in that way they have value to me at least so you know you get these critics saying oh this is garbage or rubbish or my least favorite one is why did this need to be made yeah it's like because i don't know people thought they'd make a good thing to make people happy exactly is that such a bad thing exactly and maybe they didn't entirely succeed but you know no one's trying to make something bad but like, like talented people make bad things all the time making yeah. good things is actually quite hard but it, it seems like that people these people just kind of like i'm talking i'm not talking about exclusively critics but people who kind of comment on media i suppose they kind of find a bit of a glee in tearing down someone's creation and oh yeah i, I think I've, I've talked about this before how yeah. my, my least favorite modern trend of like youtube and online videos is everything that's wrong about this yeah or like how did this get made or all, all of those things that take the the default stance of looking at something and why it's bad i don't like that i i, I have no problem looking at like sitting down watching a film and giving your thoughts on it yeah. absolutely no problem at all because that's you giving your your own a spontaneous reaction to a thing that you gave the benefit of the doubt to i hate when you go into things looking for the flaws and yeah. it's just like what is even the point of doing that what is the point of going into something and looking for a way not to enjoy it do you know what really bugs me as well when people say you ask a person for example did you see that film or did you watch that wrestling show or did you watch that tv show it's like no i read a rev review that said it was bad so i decided not to yeah it's like decide for yourself it goes back to my form your own opinions group think god see we're coming full circle again we're running on question four and we're coming full circle moving on to question five what is your favorite curse word fiddlesticks 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 that's not a curse word or bled snack well that, that's an ambiguous curse word so i guess that will count do you even know what, what bled snack is from uh is it like oh, i was on the front of my mind for a second i lost it is it futurama no it's leland stitch oh yeah yeah, yeah. sorry okay see can no you're disney i don't curse so i don't know bled snack Let's Snack or Fiddlesticks are my go-to substitute curse words. Yes. Or Fooey, because I like Donald Duck. Yes. Ah, Fooey. Because we share our birthday. Did you know that, Ken? You did. I did, yes. Me and Donald Duck share our birthday. We're pals. Yeah. You do have you? a favorite curse word? <sighs> I have so curse many. Curse like a sailor. I do start curse a lot. The F, the F word is timeless and classic. I like that. You see, I, I deliberately like removed curse words from my vocabulary when I was like 15, 16. Yes, I remember that. Got like, really Nazi-ish about it. Yeah, well, Ken, we don't need to bring up the Nazis. <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, I curse too often. It's lazy. Let's just get it out of my vocabulary. I like a bit of see you next Tuesday as well. Take from that what you will. That's not a very nice word at all, though. No, it's one that you exclusively... <laughs> that, is like, that, is, that is a word that still... Like, like, the F word carries no weight anymore. Yeah. The C word does. It's extremely cutting. It really does. Like, that carries weight. So if you use it, you want to be damn sure that it's, that the, it's like... Like it's almost like a break the break the glass now scenario. Yeah. You know, like for example, it's like break glass in case of emergency and scatter. It's like it's one of the, it's <laughs> one of those curses that like you know if inside out was real and there's really tiny people controlling your body, they yeah. just go like it's like well, cold red the second it comes out of your mouth. <laughs> exactly, as in it's like he said it. He said it. <laughs> emergency stations. <laughs> exactly. Um, I like that. Uh, but I suppose the one I use more off, most often lately. I don't know why, and and it's a bit blasphemous, but god damn it god damn it I, you see i don't consider those things curse words Most, but, it's, it's probably because i'm not religious in the slightest but uh censors like, on tv would like piss not a curse word even shit 
like things that are bodily functions, even like technically the effort's a bodily function. So fun <laughs> I accidentally said function without the N. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> a function, you mean? Yes, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> but yeah, I don't consider those things curse. Or damn people, if you think damn in general is a curse word, I'm like, no, it's not. Come on. Yeah, well, I suppose if we're going by the letter of the law, God damn it is a curse. So I'm going to say God damn it. That's only if you're religious, though. Are you religious? No, Do you so think using the Lord's name in vain? That's why it's a curse word. I have dropped it in front of some devout Christians and they were none too pleased. Really? Did they actually take offense? Yeah. So you're using the Lord's name in vain. They like winced. Oh. Sorry, guys. That's kind of cute. It is kind of cute. I like religion. What sound or noise do you love? Rain slash wind. Oh, good one. Yeah. See, especially like I'll, I'll have my window open at night if it's raining just so I can listen to it. It's soothing. It is soothing. It lulls me off to sleep. The reason I do the podcast about it. <laughs> I bring up that podcast too much. Um, yeah, it's just nice. Makes mm. me happy. Nature noises, crickets, weird things in the going bump in the dark. Yeah. Are you trying to come up with an answer? That's the reason you're continuing to let me talk. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you have favorite noises, Ken? I've got one. Go on. The sound of my girlfriend singing because she has a beautiful voice. Oh, God. Oh, oh, that is some grade A pandering. That is some, like, painful pandering. Do you see the smile on my face now? Yeah. She doesn't listen to podcasts, so she, she'll never hear it. Even, but if, even if she did, she'd never get that deep. <laughs> she'd never get that deep. She'd be like, what are they talking about in the first minute and a half? And yeah, like, she, she'd never get the minute. What are we on, like, 40? <laughs> There's times when she literally walks away from me because I'm just talking such nonsense. Yeah, well, that's understandable. She's just like, Ken, would you just stop? Please, we're in public. <laughs> uh... So yeah, I use that. I, I literally use that one just to pander. Super suck up. Next one, Gar. Uh, what sound do you hate? Or noise? Uh, Jackhammers. The ocean. The ocean's a nice noise. Do you know, these days I've almost got a bit of a kind of a, like a, like a, a reaction, like I just jerk or I kind of like get startled by tweet noise. Tweet noise? Like not tweet noise, variations of like any sound that a mobile phone makes when it's putting off a notification. I was walking up your stairs earlier, so this is my answer. And uh, a magnemite appeared in front of me yeah. while a man opened the door to the stairs in front of me. Yeah. And those two things happened simultaneously and scared the life out of me, Ken. So that, that's yeah. my least favorite noise. That's oddly specific. That's a very specific set of circumstances that that noise has to reoccur, but it's that. But do you know there's times where you really need to concentrate or you like a bit of silence or, you know, to disconnect and then... All around you, like, and I suppose you can disable those noises. You do know that. No, but well, obviously, because there's people around you that ha have them as well. That's true. And because I'm a middle manager now, like, I'm a bit of a hypocrite, so I'll use my phone, but no one else is allowed to use their phone. Iron fist. So if I hear a phone, I'm just like, hey, put it away. <laughs> you're like, you're like a school teacher. <laughs> this is what I've become, Gar. <laughs> you become everything you hate. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I don't really have a profession, so any. Yeah, so you're aiming to be a teacher, for example. Yes. If you weren't going to be a teacher, what would you go for? Judo. 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 Teacher or judo master? Master. Or? Master of judo. I don't think I'm manly enough. Because if you watch those guys, they're like the manliest men who ever mend. You know, yeah. they have chest hair. They're usually kind of balding, but in a way that looks cool. And like yeah. they, they have beards. They look like men's men. So I don't think I'd quite fulfill that criteria. But yeah. judo. Judo would be cool. Cool judo. I'd like to be a zookeeper. Really? Yeah. Why don't you do like biology or zoology or whatever in college? Because I'm too vain. I want to be like in the media or in the spotlight. But Maybe hosting the late late. I, li I like I like the Ken 
can, 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 can. A very small portion of our audience will know what that is. Yeah, but most of our listeners are Irish. I don't know. I think statistically speaking, that's true. But in my head, I just think, I think like our life spent trying to save and conserve animals is a life well spent. Until it's like the bear man and they maul you to death. Yeah. Yeah. But like that's his fault for thinking that, you know, he, he was one of them. Mm. The bear's like, who's this guy? Let's kill him. Yeah. One of us. One of us. Not you know, one, one of us. us. Death. <laughs> Apparently he stayed there too long. So it was just a different set of bears than he was used to. That's why they mauled him to death. There you go. Have you seen that film? I have seen it. It's disturbing. It's a good film until the end, until he dies. You don't actually get to see it happen, though, so it's, it actually almost makes it worse. You get the, the footage exists, though, doesn't it? Yeah, they didn't show it, though. The audio definitely exists, anyway. So there you go. Yeah, that's a horrible thought, and that's a <laughs> question yeah. on. What profession would you not like to attempt? I, I don't know. I was thinking about this recently, like like pursuit of corporate endeavors. You know, these these people who work toward like the benefit of their company yeah like relentlessly like that is their goal so they have no life other than the work yeah and i'm like i couldn't care about a company that much well or at least most companies there's a handful of exceptions in my particular case but i like I, I couldn't care about a company that i didn't actually believe in and actually try and pursue like like pursuit of profit for that company it's just like i don't care <laughs> I'll I'll do a job you ask me to do, but I hope no potential employers ever listen to this podcast. But like teaching, teaching is a thing I'd like to do because it, it's helping kids be their best selves and live a life of prosperity and happiness. Oh, yeah. You look at me with a degree of cynicism and oh, <laughs> cash is king, bro. Yeah. Or, or like these like and people people do it in earnest. They're not like cynical. Let's get all the money for our company. Ha <laughs> ha. But like just. I don't know. That's not a thing I can get myself kind of emotionally behind. Yeah. So basically any job ever. <laughs> that's my answer. <laughs> I have one that's kind of specific. that's popped into my head. Prison executioner. That's very specific. I wouldn't want to do that either. No. Kill- As in like killing ki- other people is not a job I'd want to do. Whether they're bad people or they're not, there's always that kind of question whether they might be innocent or not. So you're putting someone innocent to death. And Also, gener- as a general rule, I don't believe in like vigilante justice, which no. is basically what execution is. I don't believe in killing anything. Like As in like on, ra- on rainy you morning. You killed flies. I, this is, literally, there's a fly in my apartment last night. I opened the door to let it out. Well, yeah, but if it doesn't leave, it's just like, go away. You start swinging at I it. I gave you a chance. Yeah, yeah. You deserve to die now. You, you give them a fair chance before you murder them in cold fly but blood. Literally, like after rainy nights in the morning when I'm walking to work, I, I, I take a shortcut through the grass and I try to avoid slugs and everything like that. Yeah. I once stopped in the middle of the road and nearly got hit by a car to, to, to get a snail that was trying to cross the road. You would have died, Gary. <laughs> You could have died, Ken. But I would have then died you saving both would have the snail. I, I died saving the snail. <laughs> a noble endeavor. I would totally put that. That, that would totally be your epitaph. Gar, I'll let you do the honors for the last question. If heaven exists, what would you like God to say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Hey, good job. Told you so. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Told you so. <laughs> it's like, and then it's like, and then there's a queue of people trying to get in that. That didn't believe is like, get out of here. It's the believe and not believe cue. I'm going to do the old repent on my dead bed. But I think God is like, God damn it. <laughs> or me, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't, uh, can he take his name in vain? He's God. Yeah. But like, 
you know the people who repent on their deathbed? And he's like, sucker, no, man. It's like, yeah. it's like oh, oh, I preach forgiveness and all that. I oh, forgive oh, you. I forgive you. Using my own rules against me. No, like, kind of like, I like him to say, like, yeah, good job. You didn't, you know, you did, you had a good life. You didn't, you didn't leave the world in a shittier place than you found it. Basically. That, right? That's basically what everyone should try to do. You didn't hurt anybody. You made it a bit of a better place while you were there. At that's all I really want. Not deliberately so, anyway. That controversial question brings us to the end of another sharing session. I think I did less answering questions than answering around questions. <laughs> yeah, this was much more ambiguous than the first time we did it. Yeah, just like kind of an answer. Here's something about me. <laughs> Here's rambling on about stuff that's in our head. Yeah. Have you got any burning questions for either of us or both of us? Mostly me, because, you know, who cares about Ken? It's uh-huh. Ken. Huh. If I, have value. I have value, too. I suppose you have some. Thanks. <laughs> this is the best comment I've ever given you. If there is something you just have to know, you can tweet us your questions along with the person you'd like to answer, Car, at TWSKK or hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. We are happy to answer your questions and each question is a bargain. It's one ninety nine each, excluding tax, with a tax percentage rate of like 600%. That goes to us, not the, the government. What we're saying, it's very expensive. We're practically giving them away. It's practically free. You also have to pay for this podcast now that you've listened. It's a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> we'll be right back with our 2016 summer movie review, so do not press pause. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TWSKK, Twitter at TWSKK, or search for TWSKK on YouTube. Welcome back. We are fans of tradition here on the Weekend Show. So this week, we thought we would bring you the bookend to our second annual summer movie preview back in episode 38. What are we on now? 47. Oh, preview. I was thinking like the last time we did the review was episode 38. It's like, we've done nine episodes since we last did a summer movie review. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't, but the preview, that makes more sense. So we'll take a look back at another cram season and give you our must-see hits and major misses. We will also end the suspense and let you know who reigned at the top of the summer box office we hold that data exclusively exactly nobody else has it we have been collecting it all summer yeah it's only ours note we are only going to talk about movies directly that we've seen if we haven't seen it we may share why we gave it a miss well i think we've seen most of these films between the two of us yeah so most give or take so gar i've broken this down into categories for you are these all films we mentioned on the original show we did, yes. Oh, okay, okay. I've added one or two in, but there we go. Civil War, Gar, uh, kicked off the movie season in earnest. Yeah, in April, which wasn't really summer. But yeah. Well, kind of getting towards summer. April's not summer. May is summer, so it's nearly there. Civil War was really good. It was really good. Is that in Blu-ray like next week? I'll probably watch it again. Probably. I said this at the time. I maybe felt a little bit let down by it, but I think I saw it a week after everyone else, and then like there was a lot of hype about it. It has cemented Captain America's position as the greatest Marvel character and the best Marvel film franchise outside of the Avengers. He, um, he has the best solo films, Ken. You cannot deny it. And don't say Iron Man. It's Iron Man, Ken. It's not. It's Iron Man. Iron Man 1 is solid. Iron Man 2 is bad. And Iron Man 3 is a lot of fun. Captain America 1 is great. Captain America 2 is excellent. And Captain America 3 is even better again. What I will give to Civil War is that it raised an interesting question of like what happens when superheroes basically do what they do unfettered unsupervised with no sanctions yeah uh, apparently the russo brothers when they're approaching the captain america films yeah. th- their basic idea is to take captain america who has a very rigid and specific moral compass and put him in a bunch of morally questionable positions just to see you know how those two things would collide 
And I think that's just a really interesting approach to take to the character. True. And they did so without undermining superhero movies because like this, going down this rabbit hole could very much kind of say, what's the point of superheroes? Yeah. Or like, should superheroes exist? Or like, or you reach like a Deadpool or Suicide Squad level of cynicism. So I think it had a good balance. Had some great action sequences. It had Spidey in it, which was awesome. Yep, Spider Man was tremendous. And I'm really looking forward to that solo Spider Man film. Tom Holland, excellent Spider Man. All around successful. Thumbs up. Also released shortly after, kind of on the cusp of the summer season, was X Men Apocalypse. Yep, I really liked X Men Apocalypse. A lot of people didn't. I really did. I don't care what you didn't like. If you're nerds, you nerds didn't like this X-Men film. It's a good film. I think it's one of the best of the franchise. Yeah, they make good films. I it, liked it. It was really enjoyable. You know, there was criticisms of Oscar Isaac. Say his performance was good, but his appearance was crap or yeah, didn't look good. He looked fine. Uh, the only drawback here, I think, I thought that Jean Grey was pretty weak. I didn't think that was a particularly dynamic performance either. No. no. But from, uh, from other than that, it's, it's really worth a watch. Young Santa Stark. Exciting. Good action doesn't have that really annoying close-up action where everything's blurry and shaky and you don't know what happens yeah suicide squad i haven't seen it suicide squad you've seen it it's like but it felt to me like they thought that putting all these big name actors and kind of big name villains together would be enough yeah it's no different than any other superhero team of film that exists guys instead yeah it just follows the formula like they know the unlikely group come together then they kind of you know learn to work together then they encounter a bit of a stumbling block where they all fall apart then they all come back together for the common good at the end yeah that's basically it that's what i really didn't like about deadpool you know the, yeah. the whole point of deadpool was to subvert superhero like genre gimmicks and but tropes the, but the film was basically 101 for a superhero origin story wasn't it yeah it's like guys did you not see that irony was that the irony you were going for i don't even know but even though even if it was it didn't work for me so yeah there we go TMNT 2, Out of the Shadows. I didn't see this one, Gareth, so you're going to have to take the wheel on this one. I have seen it, and I literally don't remember a thing about it. (laughs) We're going to get to this later, but it feels like a common thread of this summer season. Like, I came out of movies, and like, yeah, that was enjoyable enough for the the hour and a half, two hours I was sitting there, but I have no real desire to see it again, and it will not leave an impression on me. It won't stay with me. I'm trying to remember this film. I I legitimately, because I watched both of them that week, I watched the first one as well, so they're kind of blending together. This one did have Krang, which was kind of fun. Yeah. And they had like mutations and turning them into humans and stuff, which I didn't think made a lick of sense. But because they were were originally pet turtles. Yeah. You can't turn things that weren't humans into humans. That just makes no sense. I'm not one that has a very high bar for needing to make sense in films, but they were never humans. <laughs> they're turtles. They should turn into smaller turtles. <laughs> so dumb <laughs> now i remember the film speaking of things that are dumb and don't make sense independence day resurgence that wasn't that bad it was needless that's probably my main impression of it, it was fine people people ragged on this film as it was the worst thing known to man it was basically the same as the first one except the first one was released in the 90s when that kind of stuff was novel and people weren't quite so cynical toward it and now any film that has any amount of smashing in any regard is like oh it's terrible it's all just effects and yeah, stuff we start scoffing at it it's like it was fine it was enjoyable while it was there but again it had that kind of i'm never gonna think about that film exactly again, it had that but... symptom of of me like no desire to see it again kind of like once it, i left the cinema it just wore off and i forgot about it yeah so speaking of forgot about it because i forgot to see it i was looking through the looking glass didn't see it either Looking Through the Looking Glass. No, that's not what it's called. It's called Through the Looking Glass. And what Alice found there. That's the actual name of the book. Why did they, why did they change it? I hated the first film. Didn't say it either. 
Burton, and it, Burton and Alice in Wonderland was like, I'm, I was just out by default. I was just like, it was really boring. And like the visuals were just like, apparently the th- like 3D was in its infancy. And that what kind of led a lot of people to see it because 3D was pretty good. Even then, I can't remember being that impressed by it. Uh, I don't like Mia. Watch it was just gonna, whatever her name is. Sorry. Who? The girl, the blonde girl who plays Alice. She's just like emo Alice, basically. Never heard of her. I, I just remember coming out. I fell asleep during that first film. That film made a billion dollars. That's what, that, uh, that, that's the point I was getting to. I was like, I have no idea what made it a billion dollars. Maybe the 3D. I this, think it, this one flopped. So <laughs> This one flopped, and we'll get on to that later, so we won't spend too much time on that. But moving on, uh, this is the fantasy and sci-fi category I should have added, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warcraft. I felt like this film was faithful to fans, but it didn't think enough about people who don't like Warcraft or don't are not fans of Warcraft. They're going to make another one. Are they? Yeah, made money. Oh, made money in China, didn't they? Yeah, the Chinese love their bad films. All power to them for love. Because you see the special effects laden, smashy, smashy films are novel to China. So they're like, yeah, I'll take that. It wasn't bad. It was just really generic. Mm. And it was kind of funny because I'm a big fan of Vikings. And I said this at the time, Travis Fimmel, who plays Ragnar Lothbrok in Vikings, basically almost felt like they were shooting them next door to each other. So he just walked off the set of Vikings and just did the same shtick for this film. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's. Sh- I, I think I should have liked it because it, it was basically ripping off the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. at, with a mixture of Vikings, Game of Thrones. It's kind of a mixture of all those things, but it's just. And an- another thing, the the CG looked super super fake. Uh, I didn't think it looked that bad. Like it, I saw Gods of Egypt this summer again. That's bad looking CG. Yeah, but like you know that thing where it, like it stands out from the environment that it's in, that, yeah. so you can't kind of suspend your disbelief that's kind of what i mean you don't have any imagination anymore ken no my imagination is generated by my phone oh cynical that's actually true most people's imaginations are generated by phone these days sad uh tarzan i didn't see it didn't see it either no desire i don't think anyone can make a compelling adaptation of tarzan 2016 without phil collins music exactly young scarsgad was a strapping young lad though yeah i saw the trailer and saw him topless that was enough that's all <laughs> i needed all, yeah that's all in the film Star Trek Beyond, which this was uh, like a summer full of films with sequels that weren't as good as the first one. Yeah. Like X-Men Apocalypse is a film I really enjoyed, but Days of Future Past is better. Suicide Squad I didn't see. TMNT 2, the first one is probably better. Now You See Me 2, first one is better. You you know, uh, Bad Neighbors 2, first one is better. All these films, Jason Bourne, the other three are better. Like all of these films are sequels or the, the last one was better. Whereas Star Trek Beyond, much better than Star Trek Darkness. Into Darkness was a bit grim, I thought. Yeah, it was too heavy. Whereas yeah. this is just like a fun, happy space romp. It's kind of closer what to what the 60s series was, the yeah, origins. Yeah, in, in the middle of the, 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 the that film, there's basically just a Star Trek episode in there. Yeah. Where they're just dumped on a planet and they have to band together and come up with ways to get off the planet. And it feels like, I, I, as I said, I don't, I don't really watch Star Trek. But it feels like what an, an old school Star Trek episode would have been. It's kind of smaller in scale and more human and personal and based on those characters as opposed to, you know, just, just big things happening. So explosions and CG and monsters and such. Which I have no problem with on, on, a, on a, a visceral level. But when grounded in character work, it's made an awful lot better. So Star Trek Beyond Girl, I did not see it. So I, I have regretted not seeing it because I've heard really great things. Double thumbs up. It's the, it's the best action romp of the summer. So moving on to the action adventure, because 
some of them were kind of are they fantasy are they sci-fi yeah stuff? like like civil war is both an action adventure film fantasy sci-fi film and superhero film so it falls under all of these genres it, it even falls under com- uh, comedy so yeah. so i try to branch them out but now you see me too was one of my surprise films of the summer one because i forgot it was coming out yeah and two because like i was like i like the first i really like the first one i remember it's one of those f- cinema trips where me and you just went to see something and we didn't know anything about this film, and we really enjoyed it. When we saw that film, we had actually seen everything that was in the cinema at the time. <laughs> and, like, I'm a fan of pointless nonsense, unlike some critics that we talked about in the last yeah. segment, Gar. And um, this was, like, like the epitome of, like, a romp. Like, a pointless, totally... It's just, like, magic! Yay! Totally fi- It's a magic heist film. Yeah. Like, those two words don't go together. Yeah, they, they should. But because it works it's fun it's just fun and like magic isn't really cool anymore yeah we're on like zombies and werewolves and uh, and that kind of stuff magic was kind of the, the early 90s oh damn it Gar. i forgot that when i was a kid i wanted to be a magician yeah, so yeah, i'm changing my answer from the last second Gar. i'd like to be a magician you don't really get the sense kids grow up buying magic sets anymore like they used no. to whereas this film kind of harkens back to that like magic is cool guys and yeah. it is. And this is this film is fun. And it has Daniel Radcliffe basically pretending to be Harry Potter, except not. Harry Potter in the real world. Yeah. Except science. He's kind of like science bitch come to life, if you, that's a Breaking Bad reference. Never seen it. You haven't. Yeah. But yeah, now you've seen me too. Good film. Jason Borenger. Again, I haven't seen it. Inessential. It's all right. The other three are better. They should have left it, is basically what you're saying. Probably. I don't think they had a story for this one, but they tried. There you it go. Didn't quite work. But they tried. Ben Herger. Didn't see it. Apparently it's flopping big though. As in, yeah, uh, we'll get on to that in a moment. So I didn't see it either. I've seen the original Ben Hur. It's a bit of a watch, but it is a classic. I think they should have left it alone. It's it's one of those films that's on a, such a high pedestal that it was kind of foolish taking it on, I thought. Yeah. It's just like, don't. Don't disturb a classic. If there's all-time classics, leave them as all-time classics. Exactly. People we, will resist it. We have a trio of animated films that I saw none of. Ratchet and Clank, Angry Birds, and Ice Age, Collision Course. Inessential, inessential, inessential. There you go. Did you see them all? I saw none of them either, but... <laughs> Aren't you judging things based on... Uh, you're giving out... You're giving no, out No, we said at the start of the segment we'd say why we didn't see them. I just thought they're pointless and there's no point in making them. That's why I didn't see them. Why didn't you think there was a point in making a Ratchet and Clank film? Because it's a game. It's essentially games are, are a long animation. Okay. Why didn't you think they should make an Angry Birds film? Because it's an app. Sure. An app does not equal a movie script. Toy Story is a film about toys. Do you think Slinky Dog should have had his own film? No. Do you think there was a demand for a Slinky Dog film? But well, Pixar have... went and made one, didn't he? He didn't have his own film, Gar. He did. Stop defending Angry Birds. You were angry about it too. No, I don't have a problem with Angry Birds. It's I, have to, I haven't seen it. I'm sure it's fine. They're making another one because they made enough money. But Yeah. But I say just it's like... They turn them out because they make money. But like they're getting like more nonsensical. Like the ice age is over, but they're still around. Yeah, surely the mammoths should be dead by now. There's space travel involved in this. Kill off Ray Romano. I don't know. Next up, the BFG, which I just saw this week. I haven't seen it. If you remember, if you go back and listen to that movie preview, I'm like, this is the film I'm most looking forward to in the summer. And I haven't seen it. Sure, it's Dal and Spielberg. I know. Made by Disney. <laughs> it's it's the, the trio. It's the magic trio, Ken. It's actually only distributed by yeah, Disney. Yeah, but Disney are involved. They they were not in, involved anywhere in the credits. Magic trio, but um, I'm jabbing my hands together. I don't have three hands though. I'll get my foot out. Spielberg has that like style style of filmmaking that's timeless. It kind of evokes a period, but no particular period. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It kind of remi- reminds me of, of childhood and kind of 
wonder and being young. Wonder, wonder is the word I associate with Spielberg. Yeah, exactly. And it's the reason I like Pete's Dragon so much. It's quite close to the source material, but it kind of strays away from the darker elements because, you know, Dal, he was very much an allegorical writer. Like, he wasn't afraid of teaching kids kind of the tough lessons. <laughs> the world is crap. Get used to it. <laughs> Basically. He's one of the geniuses of our time. He's one of my heroes, Roald Dahl. Not, not particularly because I've read every book he's read, but just because what he's done has, like, this is the centenary of his birth and people are still adapting his stories. People are still talking about his stories. He's essentially immortal. And I have to see this film. I have to see it before it's out of the cinema. The depth of his imagination. The effects are amazing. Some people have criticized it for a bit, you know, that, you know, that thing I mentioned there, of, you know, being too fake looking, but it's essentially a children's book in on film. So... I, could, I can forgive it for that. Mark Rylance does a fantastic performance as he the BFG. Is, he's a wonderful man. He's a wonderful, brilliant man. I've seen people being cynical and like criticizing the made up nonsense language, but like I kind of talk like that in my everyday life. So I actually really appreciate it. If you've listened to this podcast, you know, Ken speaks exclusively in made up nonsense language. Yeah. Like I call hugs squuggles, Squuggle, well, squishy squ- cuddles. Well, squuggles for me is a combination of hug and hair cuddle. Yeah. So. Squuggle. That's a thing. So BFG is is a winner. Some people it actually didn't make that much money. It's actually, actually Unfortunately, no. it's been kind of a uh, one that flew under the radar. But it's, it's still in cinemas. Go see it. It's still in cinemas. I haven't seen it. I, I'm, I'm the worst. I think it has good legs in home video, especially if it comes out around Christmas. Yeah. And it has a, a great life for on demand as well. So I think it will make money. But uh, next up, Finding Dory. Good. Not Finding Nemo, but no. good. It was good. It had the, the inenviable task of following an all-time classic Pixar yeah. film. And it didn't get there, probably, but it's good. Besides Toy Story, I think it's actually probably their tentpole. One of their Finding biggest... Finding Nemo, yeah. that and Wally. Yeah. yeah. One of the ones yeah. that were people like, what do you know Pixar for? Don't say Toy Story. Most well, people say Toy Story, yeah. Yeah, but what, exactly. If you said, don't, besides Toy Story, what would people say? Finding Nemo. Yeah, or, or, or Wally. Yeah. One of the things I found very interesting was that they integrated the the advances in technology really well while making it look familiar. Yeah, a lot so, of blue. So, you know, they upgraded it, but they didn't upgrade it to the point where it didn't feel like it was the same. So yeah. you're, you're easily able to transport yourself back into that universe. It's basically just the, the kind of same visually or visual aesthetic made nicer looking. I went into this with a, a large dose of cynicism, which I don't like, but I just thought, is there a story to tell here? But like the story was worth telling, I thought. And it, it, it's a sequel. It yeah. works as a sequel. Yeah. It, it further explores a character that was kind of explored in the first one, but not fully. And a character gives you more depth into that character. Like it's not a film about Marilyn. It's not a film about Nemo. It is a film about Dory. Yeah. Her name is in the title for a reason. Last up in the children's animation category is Peach Dragon. Film of the summer. Absolutely. Yep. Not even a question about a film about wonder and magic in the world and nature and things being magical and wonderful and fantastical. It's just like it's such in in a summer that was filled with like just big loud films like these big action films with these big explosion sequences and and then everything trying to be bigger and bigger and bigger than the last. It was just quiet and and beautiful and simple and grounded and just magical. It's a magical little film. The film that the the word that i associate with this film is subtle yeah it's like everything is deliberate everything has its purpose yeah but nothing is forced yeah it just inspires a sense of wonder wonder in the viewer and peace i felt very peaceful watching it yeah it's fun and it kills the family in the first 10 minutes it has a nice allegory as well but it it doesn't beat you over the head with it it kind of it has nature stop ruining nature exactly but it, it doesn't actually kind of go like 
you should all be ashamed of yourselves yeah. over and over again. It doesn't like uh, there's even like loggers in this film cutting down the woods. Yeah. And like in a more heavy handed film, it'd be like, look at them ruining the woods. <gasps> Whereas but, like it was like, no, sometimes they cut too much trees than they're supposed to. And that's not very good. But, you know, trees are important to cut down for fuel. So, you know, this is a reasonable balanced discussion. Yeah. I really liked it. I think when I come out of a film and I feel like enriched by it or like energized, I know that it's left an impression on me. This was the first film of the summer. One of the first films of the summer where I actually came out and I was like, I I remember this. You know, I felt different. It felt different. That's that's why I said like sequelitis kicked in 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 a lot of these films. It's like a lot of them are still very good films, but they're they're the same. They don't surprise you. They don't like invigorate you. This this was just a a wonderful little film. It's just uplifting. Yeah, great song at the end. Something wild. Something wild. Look it up. It's amazing. It'll win the Eurovision. (laughs) When we steal it. We're basically done. We're basically done. We're going to move on to the comedy category. Bad Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising. Very good film. And a surprisingly good sequel. Yeah. Actually, uh, and again, it explored like the the inner dynamics of a character who was somewhat underexplored in the first film. And like, uh, I see when you're talking about Zac Efron's character. Zac Efron, yes. And that was actually like it's it's a properly really good performance from yeah. him in this film, not just like on the comedy perspective. I think comedy is his, his wheelhouse, but you know, you raise a good point there that on the face of it, there wasn't much there to dig into, but yeah. they actually found something interesting and kind of just man a man who desperately needs to be wanted. Yeah, and trying to find his place in the world. Yeah, and it's like this silly little comedy film with wonderful dick jokes like the bag of dicks joke in this film is one of the greatest things in the history of films that's a very funny joke uh, Zac Efron's delivery of that gag is is brilliant <laughs> and that is fantastic just thinking about it now makes me laugh but yeah. um, if you're in your local video store or if you're seeing it on Netflix video or anything, store Ken what is this 1974 I don't know I don't know if they still exist but Basically, if you have a ch- site to date before VHS or Betamax was a thing, but yeah. anyway, go on. It's going to come out in home video soon, I imagine. So it's worth it's worth picking up and be on Netflix or whatever. The Boss. I saw this. Who is in this? Melissa McCarthy. Oh yes. Mm. I have a theory about Melissa McCarthy. Go she on. makes a lot of these comedy films, mm-hmm. and every second one is worth watching. Basically, every one she does with Paul Feig is pretty good. Yeah. And Could- every one she does by herself is. Yeah, as she I talk in my college. she does this shtick where she goes really over the top. There, there's moments in it, but this that made me lol. They're like there's moments that's really heartwarming and it's really funny. I think she's a very talented actress, but it was just a really one of those kind of hokey kind of in your face, in your face premises where you're just like, just stop. Yeah, I mean the, the villain in it was Peter Dinklage, and I thought this was just ridiculous. And it's just like and she looks like Sharon Osbourne. Yeah, I'm not sure that's deliberate, but she looks like Sharon Osbourne. But it's just one of those things where it's just like. It almost feels like an SNL sketch rather than an actual. Everyone knows that SNL film. really is, is extremely hit and miss in its own right. <laughs> yeah, so the like boss all sketch comedy really. If you have an hour and a half to waste on an evening where you're looking for something to watch on Netflix and yeah, it pops up, it feels like a Netflix film. Give it a it? look, but uh, don't go seeking it out or anything. It, it doesn't like you pay to see it, but it do, it doesn't feel like a film you'd explicitly go out of your way to pay to see. No, Just pick it up on Netflix. Central Intelligence Care. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah, it's gonna get a sequel. Is this? The Rock is officially the highest paid actor in Hollywood. The f- main actor, I should say. Really? Yep. There's a woman paid more than him? I think it's uh, Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. Really? But he makes so much money. His films all make money. They're not good, though. They're just... They're just the thing like, is that they the, appeal to a certain audience, though. Yeah, the Rock very rarely makes bad films, but he also very rarely makes good films. <laughs> he usually just makes films in that sweet spot of like, yeah, all right. 
The Rock knows his audience, I think. Yeah, and then there's Ghostbusters, which you've seen and I haven't. Ghostbusters spent a lot of time trying to nod to the past or trying to kind of say, look, we know you like the other thing better, but we're trying to make this thing our own thing now. So, like, the the, the foursome of the new Ghostbusters are, are extremely talented comedians in their own right. Comedians, Ken. No, uh, it's not a gender <laughs> term, sorry. <laughs> no, it's not. But I really think that that a sequel could be better if it gets made. It, it's not coming out in China, which is a big, big loss yeah. to the, the financial stakes. So I think it did pretty well financially. Yeah. Or at least more than well enough to do it. And Sony are really behind Ghostbusters. They see it as an important fr- franchise, according to the studio head. Yeah, it's, 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 not just, it's not just a franchise for them. It's a universe. Yeah. I mean, they're making animated films and spin-offs with men. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I liked it, I, but I think when a sequel unencumbered by having to nod to the past or having to apologize for even existing could be a lot better like star wars the force awakens did a wonderful job of serving multiple audiences at once yeah this felt like it tried to serve the audience of the people that loved the 1980s film yeah. while making its own thing in 2016 and didn't really balance that as well as star wars did. exactly so now that the, all that business is done i think a second film could be a lot better because the, the cast is phenomenal they're, they're really talented paul Vig, uh, or mr pool if you remember him from sabrina the teenage witch he's a very talented comedic director so i'm looking forward That's to seeing a sequel did you not realize that? No. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> Did I just drop a truth bomb on you? Yeah, you blew my mind. <laughs> he's you, Guys, you can't hear see this at home, but his eyes just widened. Yeah, I was just staring into this. It's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Last but least. I said least. David Brent, Life on the Road. Who haven't cares? seen it. Don't want to see it. Flogging a dead horse. Ricky Gervais trying to leech new, every bit he can out of the new, office. New episodes of The Office. People would probably care about that. Stop making these dumb David Brent stuff. Just make an office season if you're that willing to revive the character. So, favorite film of the summer, go. Favorite film of the summer, Peach Dragon. Peach Dragon, you stole my favorite film of the summer. I have four that I would say are more than worth watching. Peach Dragon, Star Trek Beyond, Now You See Me Too, and what was the other one I really liked, Ken? I don't know. No, neither do I. Um, yeah, Civil War. There you go. <laughs> Civil War Good 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 Oh no sorry We didn't even talk about it That's the reason I forgot about it You didn't put it in the list The Jungle Book you see The Jungle Book I forgot to say The Jungle Book Yeah Sauce. That's, that's the reason I looked back on the list It's like what's that other film I loved this summer Oh yeah it's The Jungle Book Because it's fantastic It's really good It's really faithful to the original But like but It makes it better It makes it better It's better It is better than the original It strikes a great balance Between like Being faithful to the book And being faithful to the animation Yeah Um the whole world, I learned this after, is CG. That kid is acting at nothing. It's basically an animated film. He has some Jim Henson puppets in front of him. It's fantastic. That's a nice little fact. They made it, they got the Jim Henson workshop to make like some blue puppets and yeah. stuff. So he could act in front of them. And none of them are in the film. No. But yeah, it still doesn't affect my decision. Peace Dragon's still my favorite yeah. film of the summer. So yeah, Peace Dragon, Star Trek, The Jungle Book, and Now You See Me Too. Care for you, most overrated? Oh... Uh, overrated um i don't know batman that was yeah. for me this summer though yeah I, I don't really have a most overrated there's none of them like Ugh. here's a hot take for you civil war well you're dumb you're yep. wrong most underrated is uh, x-men apocalypse i would agree in there i'm actually in agreement on that one here we go Gar- for your hidden gem kind of still has to be pete dragon for me too it still flew under the radar Jungle Book maybe because I suppose it had a lot of promotion. It made nearly a billion dollars. Can Jungle Book didn't fly under the radar? Yeah, I think I'm going to settle on Pete's Dragon as well. So, Gar, we talked a little bit about grosses. Let's 
quickly move on to... Also, by the way, you have Gods of Egypt in, Egypt in the script. I just want to mention, it's awful. We'll get on to that character, don't I, worry. We won't. We're, we're rapping. <laughs> but we have other things to talk about, Karen. Go on, go on. Go on. God damn it. We've run See? pretty long God damn it. We are running really long, but this is because you talk too much. Yeah, I do talk too much. I use too so, many words. Of the top grossing films of the year, seven of the top ten were films that released this summer. Yeah. Disney lead the way with four of the, of the top earners. Not not just four of the top earners. It's the four top earners were made by Disney. It's amazing. So, quick list of the year so far. Captain America Civil War, Zootopia. Have you seen that? Uh, I have. Good. Wonderful. I, I love seen it. it. I have to see it. The Jungle Book, Finding Dory. Five is Batman vs. Superman. Six is Deadpool. Blurg. Seven is The Secret Life of Pets. Eight is Suicide Squad. Nine is The Mermaid. Some Never Asian film. It. It's, it's some Asian film, apparently. And ten is X-Men Apocalypse. By the way, if we're going for overrated for the year so far, Deadpool by far. Not yeah. a good film. It's like a four out of ten. So if we're, talk, if we're talking top grossing films of the summer, number one... Uh, it's number one of of the whole year. It's number one of the summer as well. Captain America: Civil War with one over one billion dollars. Even that's kind of iffy. One billion one hundred and fifty million three hundred forty five thousand nine hundred thirty two dollars. Yeah. Uh, the Jungle Book, which made nine hundred and fifty five five hundred seventy two thousand and twenty seven dollars. You, you don't have to go that granular, Ken. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You don't have to go down to the, the dollar that it made. Nine, uh, number three is Finding Door with $955 million. That's just a little bit less. Uh, number four is Batman vs. Superman with $872 million. And The Secret Life of Pets creeps into the top five of the summer with $676. Yeah, as I said. That uh, made... Not dollars, million dollars. <laughs> $675. What a good return for, for Universal, whoever made it. So the biggest film of the summer and of the year so far is Captain America. Yep. Biggest flop goes to Ben-Hur, apparently. So far. January met with negative reviews. The 2016 remake made only $22 million on its opening weekend against a $100 million budget. It's only just out though, isn't it? Yeah, but like a week a week has gone by, it's only made another million dollars. Okay, that's not good. So apparently, Paramount are anticipating losses of anywhere between 60 and $100 million on this film. Well, sucks to be them, doesn't it? They also had the rights to the Marvel films. Remember that? Yeah. Also, Gods of Egypt, widely panned by critics. The ill-advised fantasy epic made only 145.7 million off a 140 million budget. I have no idea where that money went. I saw that film and like, what did you spend all of that money on? And we have to give an honourable mention to Alice Through the Looking Glass. So it made 295 million off a 170 million budget. So if you're to do the kind of rule of thumb, if you do the budget plus a half for promotion and stuff like that. It, it, yeah, it made money. It has made money, but I suppose Disney were hoping to hit the heights of Alice in Wonderland 2010, which it is made... a 700 million drop from its last film. Alice in Wonderland made a staggering $1.25 billion from 150 million budget. So, uh, some say it cost 200 million, so that's a bit disputed, but either way, it's a massive profit. So yeah, it, it was made for a relatively similar amount of money and did not make nearly as much. <laughs> But we have talked for a very long time about films now. Yep, we've gone quite long. So what are your best and worst movies of the summer? Let us know your thoughts on social media. You can reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. And you can also tweet us at TWSKK. We will be right back to sign off with details on next week's episode. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download a new episode every Saturday at soundcloud.com slash TWSKK or find us on iTunes. Okay, popcorn lovers, that's our show for another week. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to click play or download on the podcast. 
You can normally find a new episode every week at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK, where you can also get your daily fix of Podcast a Day, starring some guy called Garrett. Wait, this wasn't Podcast a Day? No. Welcome, everybody, to Podcast a Day. Shut up. Make sure you bookmark the link or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss any of the podcasts on the TWS network. Speaking of which, if you feel like cementing your legacy and making history, you can be the first to review us on iTunes. Go quick before you lose your chance. Yeah, review Podcast Today too, because it's great. What's Podcast Today? It's the best show. Did I just mention that, or did I forget about it immediately? Ken, how could you forget about Podcast Today? It's the best podcast of them all. Also, if you want to become a weekend show patron, you can bag some official TWS swag, including exclusive t-shirts on Redbubble. Check out the link to our official shop on Twitter. All the money earned will be donated monthly to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Is that a real thing? Yeah, I've decided to do that. Yeah. Okay, but still only buy the t-shirts if you actually want the t-shirts. But if you want to support a worthy charity, then go ahead. Yes, Speak- I will hold Ken to account on that. Speaking of which, Gar, where can I find us on Twitter? At uh, TWSKK on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and other social medias. Just search TWSKK. That includes iTunes if you want to search the iTunes store. Search for TWSKK. TWS Network. Oh, yes. Search for TWS Network. Don't search for TWSKK. You'll find nothing. I I give you terrible advice. Next week sees the return of Weekend Heroes, where we honor those who inspire us in the world of pop culture. Tune in to find out who are the latest inductees to our humble Hall of Fame. We were brought to you this week by our sponsor, Hollywood. Hollywood, we don't care if you liked it or not. We've already got your money, you fools. That's their quote, not ours. Sure. Our theme music is by the very talented Mr. John. And until next time, say goodbye, girl. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everybody.